0: So with she leads, we're hoping that we can kind of create a community of young girls who have each other as a support network as they dive into these topics and into these learnings, and have a like a fun brand that they can identify with, and that they can, you know, like associate entrepreneurship with with fun.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Mentors Podcast. Today we have on Avni Barman. Avni is the founder of She Leads, which is a nonprofit that provides mentorship, resources, and funding to young high school girls from successful female founders to instill an entrepreneurial spirit and confidence at a young age. I really connected with Avni, and her college experience is definitely an interesting one. Her story is one that shows that college can be a great option for young entrepreneurs. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Mentors Podcast. Today we have Avni Barman. Avni, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. Yes, I am so excited to talk to you, and I'm so excited to dig into a little bit about your life and you know your process for creating she leads and where you see that taking you in the next you know three, five, ten years. But first, I always like to start off with um, your origin story. You can go back as far as you want, but where, but you know, how did you start off? and how did that get to get you to where you are today?
0: Yeah, so um, I was born in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. born and brought up here, so it's surrounded by Silicon Valley culture and tech and always been excited by it and wanting to be a part of it for as long as I've known. Um, I went to high school here as well, and then I graduated um, and went to USC and joined the Ivy and Young Academy where I was getting a degree in art, technology, and business. I think that was a perfect fit for me because I had so many interests and passions and I and I couldn't really decide where I wanted to go. Part of me was an artist, but I, as I said earlier, was deeply involved in technology, but then fascinated by entrepreneurship. So it really gave me um, a good place to be to really discover those three parts of myself. and. Um, in that process, I also dug deeper into computer science, so I did a minor in computer science and um, wanted to get a better knowledge of software engineering. So I ended up interning at LinkedIn as a software engineer. And I think at that point it was i I really truly realized that um, the tech space was not there we always talk about how there's not that many women in these companies that there's like, like not that many female engineers but i think really witnessing it firsthand um kind of made me truly believe that this was a problem that um, wasn't getting solved anytime soon and there are so many incredible nonprofits and incredible diversity initiatives linkedin being one of them they have an incredible uh, recruitment program to get more female talent in their engineering organizations. And even besides all this effort towards this and like the awareness that this is a problem, I was still really curious to why um, the numbers were still so low and that there was still like, we were still far from a gender balance in these organizations. And so that's kind of where my curiosity began where I really wanted to understand why regardless of our efforts, this problem persisted. And so of research but also a lot of user interviewing so um, interviewing women in the space and trying to understand um, why they weren't you know staying in these positions and while we had like women were being recruited um, through these recruitment programs and then you would look at these intern programs they would have a lot of female software engineers but then they would be kind of thrown into a male-dominated culture and um, subconsciously feel like they didn't really belong, they didn't really fit in, and eventually these this female talent wasn't really being retained. And so that kind of came to my first conclusion that um, even though we're pushing all these initiatives from the bottom, we have to do a lot more from the top because culture at the end of the day starts from the top, and if culture is what's subconsciously changing these women's minds, then maybe we should try to do something from that end so we can kind of meet in the middle um, not just through diverse, diversity and recruitment initiatives but also by looking at the culture from the top. Um, and then looking at that a little bit deeper you realize that like most um, companies are started by men um, and like generally you, you think about like the top tech companies are all run by male CEOs and um, so naturally the culture will be started by these kinds of founders which is not it was not bad in, in any way it's just that there should be um if we want to potentially create a culture where female talent is more naturally picked up in leadership levels and usually you pick up um leadership the leadership is formed at the beginning of a company when the the founding team is being formed um so then I kind of dig deeper into understanding why female founders were still lacking mm-hmm. um and really understanding that space so less than two percent of female founded companies get um backed by venture capitalists. Um, and if you look at, yeah, and less than 17% of startups are started by women. And so then I was kind of like, okay, like, this is interesting. I know that I'm really fascinated by entre- entrepreneurship, but I know many other women are fascinated by this. So why is like this happening? And um, that's when I kind of realized that there's this like part in a woman's life where they have to start thinking about a family and they have to start thinking about these things that eventually even when they like push through the obstacles of being an entrepreneur um, through these parts in their lives it's kind of they're already kind of disadvantaged so it's like more it's less likely for them to succeed um, which is like there's nothing wrong with that it's just that um, on the other end like men don't really have to deal with the same problems as women and so um, it's just like the probabilities that they're more likely to succeed. And so that's kind of where the She Leads was born, right? It's like, if we accelerate that trajectory, so we have them start thinking about entrepreneurship, not in college um, as maybe like an 18-year-old, but rather in high school as a 14-year-old, then they'll be um, have more years put into understanding the world of entrepreneurship, and they'll have more opportunity to fail at their ventures and try to come up with another one to eventually lead to success. So the logic is that, The number of times an entrepreneur um, fails, the more likely that the next time that they start a venture, that they're going to succeed. It's just the law of large numbers, essentially, right? So it's like, if instead of starting at a rate when they're in college, and then by the time that they fail a couple times, they're like 30, we start them in high school, they'll fail a couple times, they'll be back in college at 20. And then they're given the same opportunities as men do in terms of like, Simple life things of starting a family and things like that, where they'll be able to succeed at an earlier time in their life. Um, and then hopefully, the hypothesis is that if we have more female founders, then maybe we can potentially tackle this gender balance.
1: Well, that I can definitely tell when you started your project, you did such a deep dive into the whys and the hows of everything. And when it got down to it, Um, I remember reading an article that was written about you, and you talked about how young women were raised differently than young men. Can you dive a little more into that and why um, women innately don't want to take risks?
0: Yeah, yeah, this is, this kind of came from a couple of books I actually read, one of them being a famous one by the Girls of Code founder, Reshma. So she wrote a book how um, young girls are not taught to be risk takers. Rather, boys are. You simply look at um, like recess or the playground, right? Like when boys fall, um, you, their parents tell them like, "Don't worry, you're fine." But then when a girls when a girl falls, or at least when I fell on the playground, like my mom would come running and say, "Hey, like, are you okay?" You know, and um, this kind of idea perpetuates um, further as you grow up, and then. Um, young girls are subconsciously driven to believe that the idea of success stems from perfection And they're constantly pushing themselves um, to be perfect and if You know like what they're doing or or any, or any sort of project that they're diving into allows them um, To make mistakes or the idea of failures behind them then um, Women tend to get or not not tend to it's shown in the past that girls um can get more nervous about that. Um, and so the idea of entrepreneurship is built on the idea of failure. Like it's pretty much impossible to be an entrepreneurship without getting through failure because failure um, is just it's just learning, right? You can't really get better unless you learn. And I think failure has a really negative connotation on society and if we kind of can more positively um, use that word, in, especially in the context of entrepreneurship, um, maybe it would be um, easier for girls to kind of embrace the idea of entrepreneurship at a young age. I think also if you think about like or uh, like I think I have a lot of context about Silicon Valley just because like I grew up here but I mean in Silicon Valley in gen- general there's a lot of really interesting entrepreneurship programs for the youth. One of them is like DECA is a pretty big example that I know a lot of people would be familiar with and those places, you really learn a lot of very important skills that you would need to be an entrepreneur. But it's kind of that similar thing of women in the workplace, right? It's like if you're in a room full of boys, um, even though you're, you're looking at a young age subconsciously in your mind, um, you're thinking that, okay, like this isn't really a girl's world. And so with She Leads, we're hoping that we can kind of create a community of young girls who have each other as a support network as they dive into these topics and into these learnings and have a like a fun brand that they can identify with and that they can you know like associate entrepreneurship with with fun.
1: Yeah, because you know this this podcast is called mentors for a reason. When you connect those those young girls with, you know, older Um, women entrepreneurs, you can see that they've already done it. You can see that they can guide you and lead you, even if you fail, even if you fall on your butt. Like you said, it's completely 100% natural and and honestly celebrated in the entrepreneurial world. Uh, I remember reading a quote that you said your parents told you, and it was something along the lines of, success is the greatest weapon you have. No. Well, mm, not success was the greatest weapon. A positive mindset was the greatest weapon you had. See mistakes, uh, for in uh, in 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 thinking about that line, like what failures had you had? Did you have to overcome in order to get to where you are?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, that's interesting that you mentioned that up. I think that I've grown up with that quote so much and it's so ingrained in my head that it to me it's not even like a quote it's kind of just like the way that I do things mm-hmm. you know but um I, I mean I fundamentally believe that like truly anyone can do anything um and there isn't an innate like ability that people have to do things that other people maybe don't I mean I'm, I'm sure there's like obviously little differences but there's at the end of the day like truly anyone can do anything and and that comes from the positive mindset aspect right it's like if you truly in your heart believe that you're capable and you can do something you you will make it happen you know you're gonna whether that is working super super hard like for many many months um to like just like whatever it is that you have to do And, and it's really not easy right but like the secret is that like if that entire time you believe that there is a way out like that the end of that journey results in what you were seeking um, there's no way it's not gonna happen but the second for one moment you think that oh like I'm not good enough or this isn't possible or like I, I can't do this you you've already failed in that moment mm-hmm. and, it, and then if you've already like put out into existence that this is not happening that I'm not good enough then like you just can't convince yourself or you, you just you can't if you can't convince yourself that it's possible you, you can't convince anyone else to believe in you
1: Truly anyone can do anything. What a powerful message to end on. And even more so, Barman lightly touches upon the wise concept in these last seconds. That positivity wins. Stay tuned for tomorrow's release of the second portion.